We have governors that won their re-election tonight in other states that are banning books, that are banning speech, that are banning abortion. And here we are in California moving in a completely different direction. That's a deep point of pride. Welcome to a, a very special election night edition of It's All Political on Fifth and Mission. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer. You just heard California Governor Gavin Newsom give his victory speech. We're here with Damien Bola, the co-host of Fifth and Mission. Hi, Joe. Good to be here. And Mallory Mensch, the Chronicle City Hall reporter. Mallory, you were at some of the parties tonight. That's right. I was at the Folsom Street Foundry with Supervisor Matt Dorsey, who is running for his first full term as in District 6, representing Soma and Mission Bay. And it was also the same party uh, for a one housing measure, Proposition D, which he and the mayor and a lot of other elected officials are supporting. But you came back to be with us. Yeah, really. Why didn't why did you stay there? You know, we've heard from Newsom, and we're going to be talking a lot about a lot of liberal uh, Democrats tonight. Let's hear a voice from the other side of the country, Newsom's nemesis, the person he likes to troll, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, giving his victory night speech tonight. We fight the woke in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Joe, I want to take a look at the national picture. I know we're going to go to Mallory for some of the big issues that were decided in San Francisco, but there was supposed to be a red wave on Tuesday. Everybody was talking about it, but it didn't really happen that way. There was no red wave. It still looks like Republicans will take the House. The Senate is very much in doubt. We might not know, depending on what happens in Georgia, that that might go to a runoff. And then we won't know until December, perhaps. And there's still a couple other Senate seats out. This is a huge surprise. I mean, a year ago, Kevin McCarthy, the top Republican in the House, our friend from Bakersfield, uh, he predicted that Republicans could win 60 seats. And even the predictions with you know, in the last uh, week or two said the Republicans could win anywhere from 15 to 30 seats. But uh, and, and you'd think they would. Price of gasoline's up. The price of uh, uh, rents up. The price of groceries are up. President Biden has horrible ratings, approval ratings. But then, you know, of course, in the in June, we saw the abortion decision from the Supreme Court, basically uh, outlawing abortion and turning it over to the states. And that has helped Democrats sort of blunt what that Republican blowout could have been. Yeah. And there were some big stories around the country. Joe, I think it's worth mentioning Maura Healey in Massachusetts made history, the nation's first openly lesbian governor. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you mentioned DeSantis. We heard from him could set up a run against Donald Trump for the presidential nomination. Absolutely. And we still haven't heard whether President Biden is going to run for re-election. And if he doesn't, that means that person who we heard at the very start of the podcast, Gavin Newsom, could run for president uh, himself uh, against another Californian, perhaps, uh, very likely, uh, if Biden doesn't run, Kamala Harris and uh, an army of others. Let's uh, look locally now. Let's get the hell out of Florida. Mallory, tell us about what's going on in San Francisco tonight. Uh, Mayor London Breed wasn't on the ballot, but uh, some of the people and propositions that she had supported were. Give us the latest on how things are going 
in that way. That's right. Mary Lennon Breed had a very busy evening bouncing around between many different parties. Uh, she's made a number of appointments this year because of different recall elections that have already happened. So she was, um, of course, supporting Brooke Jenkins, who was her appointment for the district attorney, who uh, was looking good as of 11 p.m. on Tuesday night, holding a good lead in her race. Breed was also supporting her candidate in District 6, as I mentioned, uh, covering SOMA and Mission Bay. Supervisor Matt Dorsey was also looking pretty good. And both of these are important for her because both of these candidates have pushed for public safety, addressing the drug crisis in San Francisco, cleaning up the streets. And Breed mentioned that in her speech at the party tonight, saying people just want to feel safe in San Francisco. They want criminal justice reform, but they also want accountability. Um, So she wouldn't have some allies on both of those important areas. But we did see one other thing that she's pushing for, and many moderates and YIMBYs in the city are pushing for, is housing measure Prop D, which would streamline affordable housing production. Um, That has a very close um, as of 11 p.m. It, uh, I believe it's just still at 50 percent and they need to get above 50 percent. So we'll have to see in the coming days with more votes counted. That was surprising to some, to many, but most said it was largely because more progressive supervisors put another measure on the ballot to compete. That one uh, was still close, but not doing as well as of late on Tuesday night. Do you have a sense of how this may change the balance of uh, power in the Board of Supervisors? Is it still too early to call that, or what do we know? It is still too early to call because what I didn't mention is also District 4 in the sunset. That is very close, uh, surprisingly, because we have an incumbent supervisor who is being challenged. It's Gordon Marr is the incumbent. He's being challenged by Joel Engardio, who has actually run for supervisor a couple times before in a different district, before it was redistrict. And uh, so far, he has a slight, uh, Engardio has a slight edge over Gordon Marr, and that could really shift the dynamics of the board. Matt Dorsey is more moderate, aligned with the mayor. Joel Engardio is also more moderate, more conservative. So that could shift the dynamics of a board which has been primarily progressive and is often at odds with the mayor. And Damien, so let's talk about uh, the district attorney, arguably the marquee uh, race on the ballot. Brooke Jenkins, uh, to finish the rest of Chase Boudin's term, how is she doing? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a, it's a remarkable story. She seems to be leading. If that holds, she will complete this run where she was a prosecutor in Boudin's office. She left. That was last year. And then she becomes the chief spokesperson for the campaign to recall. And we find out now that she was being paid by a nonprofit link to supporters of that recall, which she did not disclose. It's been one of the scandals that's come out about her. And then she is chosen by Mayor Breed. And as Mallory said, this is a sort of moderate brand of politics that Mayor Breed has been running on. She's been very vocal with. She's been trying to run to the right of the staunch progressives in San Francisco. Jenkins is doing the same. And it looks at least tonight like like she has that support. And so we're going to continue to see you know, this issue where the debate is between how much punishment people want. And that's it's a bitter debate in San Francisco. And Jenkins wants more punishment, more incarceration. In between that and the school board members uh, that uh, were the replacements uh, for the recalled school board members being reelected, I think almost all of them are being reelected as last count I saw. What messages are San Francisco voters sending between all of these things, between the, the breed appointments being elected, between the more moderates being elected, between uh, Jenkins uh, getting the, the rest of the term? What, what, are we, what is that telling? What, are, what message 
are, are San Francisco voters sending at this point? Well, I think that's it's a message that's been going out in San Francisco and around the state is that, that these candidates who can be progressive, but but sort of to the right of of the Chase Boudin progressive movement, you know, that's the sweet spot that they're trying to hit. They're sort of trying to be they're trying to be moderate in the in the London breed, Libby Schaff, Gavin Newsom mold. And right now it's it's winning in statewide and 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 citywide races. And of course, we have to put an asterisk by moderate. We'd say San Francisco moderate. Yes. <laughs> Oakland moderate, California moderate for for those listening outside uh, the Golden State. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Mallory's going to tell us why London Breed is upset about getting another year for free to be mayor of San Francisco. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Let's talk about Newsom, as we said, easily won re-election. Damon, there's a couple of other uh, ballot measures uh, that most of them were blowouts tonight. And let's talk about a couple. Let's talk about gambling. Californians like to gamble, but apparently not in the way that was proposed on the ballot today. Yeah, I have to admit, I've been surprised that that Californians have been so against gambling. We've seen it in other states. You've probably heard on the radio this huge wave of, of new shows about about gambling, the ads. And of course, they have to play the hotlines for the for the gambling addicts. But the the betting in California was going down big tonight. You know, there's a big fight over where betting should happen. Should it be at the the tribal casinos should it be at the tracks like Golden Gate Fields in in Albany, or should companies like FanDuel be able to run it because they would really dominate if they were able to have the market to themselves? But these measures, Prop Twenty Six and Prop Twenty Seven, were were both going down pretty big. And part of the challenge here is that we, well, first of all, we will see this on the ballot again. But the tribes themselves are kind of divided on this. Many of them do want sports gaming, but they want it inside the casinos. It's sort of what Prop 26 was sort of getting at. They fear that if online sports gaming is uh, legalized, that will lead to all kinds of gaming being legalized, poker, blah, 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 online. And that will kill brick and mortar native tribe casinos, which are the lifeblood of the tribes. It's responsible for tens of thousands of jobs. So uh, this is like uh, uh, kidney dialysis. We may be seeing this on the, on the well, ballot well, multiple it, times. Think of it. I mean, you've got a, a big casino in Rohnert Park, for example. Yes. If, if you can't bet on your phone on a Sunday when the NFL games are on, they're going to figure everyone's coming there. They're going to use the hotel. Right. They're going to use the restaurants. It's a it's a huge windfall if they can make it happen. If they can make it happen. Yeah. And they spent between both sides on 26 and 27, $600 million. Uh, that, think of one of those was supposed to, 27 was supposed to use some of the, the, the revenue to help the homeless. Think of Think of how many homeless folks we could have helped with $600 million. Joe, I have to ask you because we talked about Gavin Newsom earlier. I mean, talk to us about his future coming out of this election. Number one, he won overwhelmingly tonight. And he's basically waiting, as we like to say, uh, although my boss has banned me from saying this anymore, waiting. He's warming up the bullpen in case Joe Biden decides not to run. But if Biden does decide to run, then Newsom is going to have to stick to his day job. 
which is governor of California. And he's going to have to decide how he wants to do that. Does he want to? The other day he said, I'm ready to to crack down on these cities that aren't uh, proposing plans to deal with the homeless more effectively and 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 take care of more folks. So he has to decide whether he wants to be, as he likes to call it, the mayor of California and and drill down on these local issues. Or does he want to just sort of be a national figure and a, and a somebody who's always on uh, the national media uh, slamming Ron DeSantis and, and, and uh, Greg Abbott, the governor of, of Texas, and, and taking on Republicans? You know, you can't do both. If he would, does a good job as California governor, and addresses the homeless issue, the affordable housing issue here uh, significantly, that will help him when he runs for president, whether it be in 2024 or 2028. Melly, tell us what else is going on in San Francisco. We have some other uh, significant props that were decided tonight. That's right. There's uh, three, well, four in particular, but three major issues that were uh, most important. One that we'll note is that um, Prop C passed, and this was to create a homelessness commission, so to oversee San Francisco's homelessness department, which spends about $600 million a year. And this was a direct result of a chronicle investigation, which found that there were decrepit conditions in the buildings where San Francisco is housing vulnerable, formerly homeless people. And even though they're spending more money, there are more people who are homeless in San Francisco. Uh, So the hope is that that commission will provide more oversight to the department and the city's response. And then a couple other things. One that was very contentious is uh, the fate of JFK Drive in Golden Gate Park, Mm, which was closed to cars during the pandemic. And a lot of people loved it. And then a lot of people were also really unhappy about it, who wanted to be able to drive, especially the people who run the museums in the park, who wanted to get their visitors to be able to drive back in. But those who love JFK Drive not having cars on it prevailed. So Prop J passed and then a competing measure, Prop I, which wanted to get cars back on the road, failed. We've already called those. And then the final measure that passed, which also has some implications for the city's future for um, and politics, especially for Maryland and Breed, is Prop H, which moves the next San Francisco election from November 2023 to November 2024. And these are for local races for the mayor um, and some other major elected officials. She just got another free year, but she does not like it. Why does she not like it? She's uh, stated a number of reasons. One is that she thinks that there wasn't enough review and we need to have more meetings and more experts and more community input on it. She also said she was afraid that people were going to be distracted by having more things on the ballot. So distracted from local races because they're worried about the presidency. The data shows from dozens of other cities that have done this and also from past San Francisco data that voter turnout is probably going to double um, or even triple as a result. And um, that even though there's a very small fraction of people who might not vote on local races when you move elections to a presidential year, there's still so many more people voting. But what she has denied, but what other people have said is that, well, incumbents, they don't really want to move their election years. So they don't want to change the status quo that elected them. And also, if we move the election to 2024, we could see a lot of things change on the federal level. We don't know what's going to happen with Nancy Pelosi or Diane Feinstein. So we could have some races open up. Mallory, like the governor, might our mayor be looking at greener pastures ahead? She could be. Her spokesperson said that is absurd. 
Um, but sorry. but others have said I'm that, that it, never, would it never hurts to have your options open. And in general, uh, politicians like to have those off elections so that if they lose something, they still have a job. Well, uh, if the mayor's looking at running for Diane Feinstein, she better start raising money because uh, Katie Porter's already got $24 million in the bank. And Adam Schiff has another 23 or 24 million in the bank. And, and so she, she better start saving her pennies. Apparently he's focused <laughs> on her reelection, now, All right, which whatever, is now right, in course. two years, not in one year. <laughs> All righty. Uh, we also are closely following the Oakland mayor's race. It is too close to call at this point. In fact, they will be counting the, the ballots there likely for another couple of days or so. For more and the latest news... For, for that race and all others, go to sfchronicle.com and the Chronicle app. Damien Bowa, thank you for being here. Mallory Mensch, thank you for being here. This was produced by the King, King Kaufman. And remember, no matter who controls the House, it's all political on Fifth and Mission. <laughs>